my name's Diane White. I'm a bass player. I play bass guitar. I'm also a producer, a narrator. I first started playing bass at the age of 16. I left school with 5-0 levels and walked straight into a rehearsal room um, and started watching musicians develop and play and just that kind of self-taught myself how to play bass by watching other musicians at the establishment where I started working. I moved to Brent at the age of 11. Um, my parents um, moved to Brent from Hammersmith and Fulham um, and we, we lived in Brent from 1976 um, on the Stonebridge estate. Reggae music, um, I grew up um, through my childhood listening to reggae. Um, my mum was a lady who put on a lot of events in the Brent community. Um, she ran domino clubs, she had so she had a social club. Um, we, we all grew up in this environment. The weekends we'd be at the social clubs just watching everybody together as a Caribbean community. Um, and we were also part of that. We'd help like serve the food, do little bits and pieces on the events. So that's how I really kind of got into the community of Brent. I've been playing bass for decades now and being in reggae, it has taken me right across the world. I think there's probably about two countries in the world that I haven't performed in. Um, and it's really opened my mind to see how big reggae is around the world and the respect and the recognition reggae gets worldwide. And it's also opened a lot of doors for me to play with veteran artists in the reggae business. On my journey of playing bass, I played with Max Romeo, Lee Scratch Perry, The Congos, Gregory Isaacs, Ari Sandy, Johnny Clark, to name a few. <laughs> yeah, um, and the list goes on. Benjamin Zephaniah, um, Alton Ellis. Wow. When I really think about it, I've I've done a lot from Jamaica to UK as well. Because I've worked with Nearest Joseph in the UK. I've worked with with Carol Thompson, Janet Kay, just to name a few. For me, um, being a bass player and a female bass player for decades, you know, I've seen, I've watched what I do. I've watched people admire, especially females, admired what I do in this industry. Because when I started playing, it was a male-dominated business, you know. Females didn't really play bass, especially in reggae, you know. So what I done, I set a platform, and there were a lot of females that were being inspired to actually wanting to play now, because as far as they were concerned, you know, it was like because of what it was and what I was doing, it was male-dominated. You weren't going to get a chance. But I decided to kick that door down and open that door for other females to come through. What I do, um, I have a I have a show called Reggae Star Factor. I created the reggae version of X Factor 2014 because what I saw is coming off a tour and traveling the world and seeing how big reggae is. And we come back to the UK and there's nothing happening for us. And there is so much talent in the UK. So I opened the doors to Brent for and started to recruit some of the great talent that is in Brent and set a platform for them 
So that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. I find out about um, reggae events in the borough, sometimes through social media. I might see the odd flyers. You understand? Or listen to the radio. I might hear it through radio stations. But these are the ways that I keep up with what's going on in the borough. I remember the gram. We had a gram. Um, in the 60s, we had a gram. We, I remember we put the records on and they dropped down one by one. We used to listen to Jim Reeves on a Sunday. Um, Country of Western we used to listen to most weekends. We listened to a bit of gospel. Um, and on the Friday and the Saturday it would be like some Nat King Cole, Gregory, early Gregory, early John Holtz, you know, and sometimes a bit of Mento and Scar, you know, because my, my, my father was a Scar man, he loved Scar music. So the odd days, it just depends on the mood they were in. But I knew every Sunday we would have Jim Reeves and we would have Nat King Cole, without a doubt. But my favourite reggae track, what can I think now? I have a few. I have a few. It's hard. That's a, that's a, that's that's really kind of hard for me to decipher, because I have, I just love reggae music. I just love good music. Put it that way. Doesn't matter whether it's reggae soul. I just love good music. Um, who would I say was my inspiration or my favorite track? I can't put my finger on that because I have several. Music with meaning. That's my thing. Music that has a message. You know because. It's about each one teach one. So if the music's got a message, that's where I gravitate to. So for a favorite artist, I don't really have one. I love them all. The first record I purchased was a tune called um, Easy. It's a tune called, it was, it, was, it was originally done by a soul singer, but it was co covered in reggae. Easy like Sunday morning. Um, and I bought that in Shepherd's Bush Market at a record store called Webster's in the market. About 1976, I listen to reggae music most of the time in my car or at the studio or on the radio. Those are my three main ports of call of listening to reggae because I'm always in my car or I'm always in the recording studio. So radio must be on. Some kind of music is going on in the background. The reggae music scene, um, Lovers Rock, Lovers Rock is UK reggae. That's how we see that. That was created in the UK, Lovers Rock. And that's what built reggae in the UK for me. You know, we created a, a sound that was classed as British. And that was Lovers Rock. And it's made a big impact because around the world, Lovers Rock is big in like places like Japan. It's, it's multi-America. Because I had some friends call me the other day. And they were asking me about all these English artists that they are listening to now, even now in America. And so Lovers Rock set a good platform for UK reggae. The general influence of reggae in the UK, what I found is that reggae music, UK reggae, put it that way, doesn't really branch out as much as it should do to the rest of the world. Because when you look at the home of reggae, as they call it, which is Jamaica, Lovers Rock, English Lovers Rock is not played in Jamaica. There is, it's like the platform for it isn't quite there because they say it's, it's, it's a UK sound. It's like it's, it's, it's too lovey-dovey, but it is ours. It's what we've created. So that's what represents us. But I think that, you know, if we, if we just continue 
to keep building and keep having our thing. Like everywhere else in the world has got their own genre of music or how they how they um push out their genre of music. So I think we just need to stay focused and keep our UK industry building. Just keep it turning, no matter what we come up against, because we can say that rightfully belongs to us. The influence, people, some people like it, some people don't. But, you know, it's like you can please some people. You can't please everybody. Different strokes for different folks. So we just continue to do what we do. Sound systems in Brent. Now, I'm coming from a sound system background to a good degree. Because Brent, when you talk about Brent and you talk about sound systems, I can name you a few. right? And um, there was one particular one that was actually built in my bedroom. right? And up to... To this day, up to date now, that is one of the biggest sounds in Brent. It actually is the biggest sound system in Brent. And I watched that sound come through the generations. Because this sound is coming, this is on the fourth generation now. Because it's coming from the 60s. Then it was taken over by another son who took it through the 70s and the 80s. Then it came through a next son who's taking it from the 90s to the 2000s. And now it's come to a next son who has taken it from there till now. So I've watched generations of sound system culture and been a part of that. And how we do it is we advertise through flyers. We advertise through word of mouth. You know, we know networking. We, we networked and we got the sound out there and we were one of the top sounds in Brent for many years. And right now, we are the top sound in Brent. Reggae music impacted a lot on, depending on where you were in the reggae culture, because we had Lovers Rock, so that was the people them who used to wear the trench coats and the sticks man and the, the, the croc, crocodile shoes and all of that. And it would be dancing with your partner, um, as they call it, rub up, blah, blah, whatever. And then you have a next side where you'd have the roots where you'd go like to the shaka dance and people would dress up in wraps and, and turbans and all these kind of things and they'd be skanking and different, a different kind of vibe. It was a different energy. So it did, it just depends on where you positioned, your, um, positioned yourself that would determine how you acted within the, within the dance or how you looked. So it just depended on where you positioned yourself. For me, reggae music, yeah. Reggae music inspired me um, in many ways because, number one, it made me look at who I was as, a, as, a, as an individual. It made me look at my, my spiritual connection, you know, because for me, music is spiritual. Anytime I look at music or anytime I feel music, no matter whether it's rock, reggae, country and western, you see that spiritual feeling that music gives you, that healing, that's what, I, that's what music does for me. So... It's not about what kind of music it is. It's about that message, that spiritual guidance that music gives. So it played, that's what I looked for in reggae, in music. Reggae, rock, music, yeah. I think at the time, at the time when I was coming up, the media, it was, it was kind of negative because, you know, we weren't really allowed to have that much functions. And where we were, a lot of them were shut down for whatever reason, you know, they would find some reason to kind of really kind of put the gate or kind of clamp what we were doing. 
but you know with the perseverance and 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 the willpower to keep it moving we just kept going so no matter what we came up against we just pushed the barrier and just kept rolling well if you were from the 70s you know music was educational it was showing you how to live upright how to to connect with your people connect with your brothers how to how to develop community develop love you know but as the generations have gone on we we say in the 90s i think the 90s was a bit destructive to reggae music and the influence that it had on young people because it started to show them all the negative things that the positive had just built up you know they took the 90s music and the DJs and the singers took it and destroyed all what we represented from the 70s come up to the 90s so for me it was really kind of destructive and what we're trying to do right now to this day is turn that right back around because that's what needs to happen you know because there's too much negative going on out there and you find that the young people are gravitating to it and if we look around and we see the destruction that is happening with our young people it's all to do with the music people don't understand the power of music you know people live their life through music you know they want to be like that man and that anything that that man says they think is gospel so you see we have a duty of care to know what we are putting out there to the people you know so for me that's why i called my record label real talk productions uk because anything that we put out there it's got to be real it's got to be positive there's nothing negative and if you're coming negative then you can't be a part of this network because we're trying to push that away so that's my thing reggae was a powerful way of bringing people together in brent because the majority of people in brent were caribbean their parents were caribbean they came from a caribbean background they grew up on all the inspirational music that learned them about who they were and where they were going in their life and had them as a community you understand and from we took that away i remember back in the days when we were growing up or we were growing up with our parents we'd be at all the each week this week it would be your house you'd have the party we as the kids we'd be on the stairs watching the big people doing this and we'd be laughing and all of that next week it would be his house you understand and that's how we grew as a community you know and we developed we grew we had the elders to talk to we watched the elders the elders them taught us what we knew but i find that after that generation the ones that have come up now don't have that they don't have that no more so they just tend to fo follow whatever's going on out there there's no one to guide them and that is what this generation is missing the guidance through the music through whatever case my connection with the reggae scene right now what am i doing right now i'm searching for unsigned talent i have a show called reggae star factor which is um is a platform for undiscovered talent that is out there that is you know not being seen and not being heard so i created that platform and we found some amazing talent in the area that is not getting a look in and for me this is what the community is looking for they're looking for an outlet because there's no outlet so we're just trying to create that outlet and give the young people them an opportunity to do something positive you understand find a positive role because that's what the next problem is there's no role models out there and there's nobody for them to aspire to not that i can see anyway you know i'm being honest so this is what we're trying to create i remember 
growing up, um, like I said, my parents were were staunch people in the area. They had all the events. They kept a lot of the events because they were tied in with the council, etc. So we had things like Brent Show. We had big events in the parks. All these kind of things. Yeah, we were at the forefront of all these things, you know, and community. You understand? It helped the community. It did help us develop. You understand? Because we had a sense of something. We had some little things going on for us. And sound systems from from Brent were able to take part in it. But since all the funding and everything's been cut, they've cut the youth centres, they've cut everything. So it's like the young people no more have nowhere to go and channel that energy that they have. You know, it's not, it's, there's nowhere for them to go. So now they're on the streets. They might, a man might be in his house, he's got a computer. So he's working solo. Now that's no good. We need community, you understand? And we need the space where they can be able to let out their creativity, give them some kind of hope. And from all the cuts and everything, I think it's really kind of destroyed the borough in that sense, you know, because like I say, there's no outlets for them. Reggae hasn't really, for me, reggae hasn't really attracted a younger audience from the um, 60s, 70s, 80s. From we passed the, from we passed the 80s, Jamaican music kind of took over and it was just the little young ones who were lost in the world, as I say, got into dancehall, but it never made no impact because it was pure destruction. So on in, in that form, reggae hasn't really done nothing for Brent from the 90s. That's my personal opinion because we don't have no aspiring talent that we can talk about from the 90s till now that have come out of Brent. There's none. Who can we say? So obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's like the door's been shut. And the young ones, because there is no outlet for them, and as far as they're concerned, reggae's not making money. They've all gone to grime, they've gone to trap, they've gone to all this destructive music, which, you know, you've got groups against each other. Nah, there's a platform for everybody. Everybody can step on that platform and represent themselves. And that's what music is about. When you get on that thing, you are not in competition with nobody. You are repping yourself. So whatever you put out there is what people will gravitate to. So whether it be destructive, constructive, whatever, from you are good at what you do. That's what people want to know. It's not about competing with your brother or, uh, or, or, or being abusive to your brother because you're in the same game. So, you know, it's one or the other. I'd love to see, you know, Brent open more doors for the young people in the community to be able to achieve the goals that they want to achieve, you know. Um, if somebody wants to be an engineer, I want to know that there's a place that they can go to where they can go and learn about this. The youths need to learn skills. You understand? A lot of them don't know what to do with their hands. You understand? And anything that they're interested in, I think there should be a door for them to go through and learn whatever it is they need to learn to develop. And so that, you know, they, they can see like they've got a future. Because a lot of them see like there's no future because there's no way. They can't see the light. We need to open the door so they can see the light and step in there.